Bonjour and bienvenue to Lulabelle's Francophiles. Je m'appelle Lou, and I'm here to keep your Frenchy vibes going and help you to lose yourself in France without even leaving home. In this podcast, we chat about our French experiences with guests who live in Australia, France, and around the world, and we share ideas for how to stay connected to the Francophile within you. Aujourd'hui, I'm thrilled to be chatting again to our regular favourite French correspondent, ma belle amie Sarah Swick from Be My Guest Immersions. Coucou, Sarah, ça va? Coucou, Lou, oui, très bien, et toi? Ça va bien, merci. Alors, Sarah, we were having a petit papatage or a little chat last week about how gorgeous it is in France right now with the change from spring to summer or printemps à l'été. What's it like right now? What's it like coming out of winter into spring in France? <laughs> right now, I could show you what I see from my window. It's just raining so much today, <laughs> but it's good because we had some very warm days. It was very sunny and very warm. So I think, you know, the nature needs water now. And we have a lot of plants here, a lot of um, fruits and veggies. So mm. it's not that bad. <laughs> no, it sounds beautiful. And I know further up north, because you're down south in the southwest, but I know further up north, they are just thrilled at the end of winter to have a break in the snow. So, And this year was a very cold winter, so I'm tipping that they would have been very pleased to see spring arrive. That's right. We, we had a very cold winter and also we were in the lockdown, so we couldn't go outside. So now... The restaurants are opening, mm. like the terrace of the restaurant are opening, everything, mm. like people are out. Uh, but also now coming out of winter, out of that hibernation, people are probably getting their houses open, spring cleaning, things start to feel fresh. And I love doing that down here in the Southern Hemisphere. I'm sure that you'd be loving just the same up there. Tell me, last week you and I were having a chat and you told me in your spring clean about something I was fascinated by that you found when you were doing a clean out in your house. We do the same here in France and we call it ménage de printemps ou nettoyage de printemps. So that's ah, our like, spring cleaning. Right. Um, I did a big one this year because, as you know, I'm renovating my house. Mm-hmm. So um, I went to the attic and I started to clean the attic with my dad mm-hmm. and I found some treasures <gasps> up there. So I need to talk about it because there are like very special uh, things that I found up there. So the first thing I found was this piece of uh, wooden box. I don't know how you would call it. So I thought it was um, a caisse de champagne, a champagne box, because there is a name written on it, uh, like printed, not written, printed on it, Henri Laurent, and it's a champagne brain that you sell in Australia. I saw that on, on, on internet. It does look like a box of champagne, like a crate, the end of a crate of champagne. Voilà, Henri Laurent. Oui, Henri Laurent. So there is a name and also the, the name of his successor. So that's oh. how I found out that it was not champagne. Also, there is this print, like fragile. Uh, it's right. printed fragile. Fragile. fragile in English, um, oui. which means it is a voilà. box. It is some kind of crate for okay. some kind of bottle, you would think. Kind of bottle, exactly. And when I've... Uh, searched on the internet, I found um, a very old invoice 
um, this invoice was for a shop selling uh, perfumes. Oh. And because my house is what we call here in Maison de Maître, so, you know, it was a, it's a big house. And right. I guess like some rich people at the time lived there. Mm -hmm. So that can explain how they could afford to buy this kind of products. So right. they bought a whole crate of perfume. Right. I just double-checked uh, the date and I found 1950 for this invoice. So that oh. was actually after the Second World War, but the shop was much older. Uh, I can see here another invoice from the 19th century. So, yeah, it was a quite old shop selling uh, perfumes, oh. essence, right. en gros. So it was a well-established shop, I imagine, that after the war they had probably gone without their luxuries for quite a long time and even 1950 being five years after the end of the war, I expect that it would have taken a long time for life to return to normal. So it doesn't surprise me that they wanted to buy a whole crate of perfume at that time once they'd mm -hmm. lived through such a difficult period of history. What a fascinating find in your roof, in your attic. Mm -hmm. And what else was up there? I'm sure you said there was something else. There was a book? Yeah. So, there was a book? so I found a lot of books in my attic. I think um, a dozen of books. I didn't count them, actually. But uh, the oldest one was published in 1886, so more than um, 130 years ago. Wow. Very old. So they are bits, you know, eaten by mice and like full of uh, dust, but yeah. very dusty. Way. But the inside is quite good. So the pages are very white and, and everything is clear. There is no many stains inside. And yeah. It's well preserved. And what kind of book is it, that oldest one? So there are school books and these books belonged to a child. So mm. I found his name because, you know, uh, even 130 years ago, children used to uh, write mm. inside the book, you know, draw things. So I even found um, a little flower inside. So he oh. probably put, you know, a flower from the garden. Oh, here, an actual um, flower, to... pressing a flower. Yes, yes. make it dry. It's funny. And how lovely to find a little pressed flower from 135 mm -hmm. years ago and you find that in spring now. How lovely is mm -hmm. that, yes. finding flowers yes. in spring? <laughs> exact. And I also find um, a leaf, so oh. a leaf from a tree that is still outside and the tree is, that one is probably more than um, 200 years old. It's a very, very oh. old tree. I love that. I love that connection with history. So tell me about this little person. Was I know you said that you found a number of things and it made you feel connected to people that used to live in the house. Was this the book that made you feel that way? I found the name of this boy, I just told you, um, inside the book. Mm -hmm. um, he wrote it many times. This book belongs to Arnaud Cartier. That was his name. Mm -hmm. So thanks to that, I could find some information about him on the internet. Um, oh, I found the archives on the internet, um, found that, that he stayed in this house and he was born in the town just next to mine. 
uh, right. a little town next to the ocean, actually. Right. Right. And so he was uh, 13 years old at this time. He wrote in one of the books, I think in the music books, uh, there is a music book with partitions. Uh-huh. And he wrote, uh, this book belongs to me, Arnaud Cartier, uh, right. 13 years old. And then I could find that he was uh, limonadier, what we call limonadier. So he was making lemonades. Oh. Uh, we have a lot of lemons here in the region, right. which is strange for France. You don't find lemons and oranges everywhere here. But in, in the south, we do have, like in Spain, they have in Spain and in Morocco. Uh, so oranges and lemons. And then I was very sad because I found out that he... He died during the First World War. So he was sent oh. to war. He was 20, I think, 20 years old when he went to Chambéry in the east of France. He did his uh, military class there. Right. And two or three years later, he, he went to Germany. He died there oh. at the hospital. He got injured and he died there. So, yeah, it's it's sad. So his name is on what we call Monument aux Morts. I don't know the right name in English, but it's something that had been built in memory of all the men and women, but men who went to war, who died at war. Why? We have similar things in Australia. In most country towns, there'll be a monument to the men and women who died in the First World War and perhaps one of the Second World War. We also have things called an avenue of honour where there's old trees that are planted mm-hmm. along the side of the road, one for each person who passed away from that small town, oh, which okay. is a lovely thing to do to remember. But, I mean, what a lovely find for you to have felt connected to that little young boy and then to look him up and find what happened to him in his mm. life. That would have been a fascinating journey for you to search him up and then probably quite sad to find out what happened to him. Yes. You know, actually, I wanted to find um, his family. I thought that maybe his family still lived there and, you know, he had children who had children and right. and maybe I could find them and give them the books. And oh. then I couldn't find the family and I found out that he, he died too young. Oh, mm. well, there were so many of them that died too young. That's terribly sad. Yes. Well, even though we've now dipped into something that's a little bit sad, It's lovely to focus from spring, then on the move to summer, from printemps à l'été, maintenant. So summer has now arrived in France. And for all of our Northern Hemisphere listeners, they will be feeling the warmer weather. But for us down under, we are actually at the start of winter, so completely opposite to you. I happen to love Mm -hmm. the cold weather, but most people are really missing summer now around me. And the thought of a beautiful French summer day would just really brighten their world. So tell me, Sarah, what does the summer mean to you in France? So for us in France, summer means holidays, of course. So it's school holidays in July and August. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm lucky to live in the southwest of France. So it's holidays, but I don't need to go too far. I'm going to stay here because uh, I don't need to travel in summer because we have everything here. We can go hiking, uh, go to the mountains, camping in the mountains. We can go to the beach. Summer is really nice here. So so do you have special traditions or events or festivals that happen in summer? Yes, we do. Every little town in the southwest of France has a festival here for a few days. Um, 
they have some concerts, then, you know, it's like nothing special, but we just celebrate all together. We can have sometimes a lunch. But you think your lunches aren't that special. We know that you have the beautiful long tables, you have all that wonderful French food, you're sitting outside, it looks beautiful, there's gorgeous greenery around you, you've got fabulous French wines, lots of great company. It sounds exquisite to us. To you, you say it's nothing special, it's just life. But that's the French life that we all love to come and yeah, enjoy. Yeah, that's right. But, you know, when you're French, um, you know, meeting people, uh, the people you love around the table is something we love to do. Mm-hmm. So so each town has its own festivities and it lasts for a few days, in general, maybe one week. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a very big festival in Bayonne every year uh, in August. There was like a special offer uh, for Parisian people so they could come to Bayonne, I think, for something like 20 or 30 euros. Uh, they took the train, uh, they got on the train in Paris mm-hmm. and got off in Bayonne with a dressing in white and red because that's the colors we wear here during this festival. Why? I think every year there is more than 1 million people coming to Bayonne for the Fête de Bayonne. No. Mm. More than 1 million? Yes. Yes. Oh, I was going to ask you about that because I've seen in Paris that there's a huge dump of sand on the banks of the Seine to create a beach in summer. Mm. And I love the look of that, but apparently most locals don't hang around to enjoy it. They get out of Paris in the summer. So it seems like a lot of them head off to Bayonne. Is that right? And other places, I imagine. <laughs> yes, Bayonne and I think everywhere in the, the south of France or maybe Spain or Portugal, but uh, won't be Spain or Portugal this year, I guess, because of um, the COVID situation. Way, the border Yes, last summer we had a lot of people from north of France go, coming to south uh, just to have some sun and some mm. good time here. Way. Mm. I can imagine that they would love to be getting out of that coldness and coming down to your warmth. Also, that wonderful Basque hospitality and the beautiful hospitality of the people in Provence and the other parts across, and the Dordogne, all across the southern parts of Aquitaine, those southern parts of France, the people are just beautiful, especially coming out of winter and coming down to that welcoming atmosphere Mm. and those beautiful long tables for lunch uh, just to hang around Mm. there, actually, because everybody's you know, on holidays and enjoying life. So it sounds like a great time mm. to be down where you are. During this Fête de Village, so this uh, town festivities that last for a few days, um, there is something happening each day. So we have like a program. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have what we call le bal des pompiers. Le bal des pompiers, uh, pompier is a firefighter. So oh. that's the firefighter's ball and it's on... Uh, the last day of these little festivities. Uh, the first one happened in 1806. <gasps> is it the right date? 1806. Over 200 years yes. ago. Yes, and the origin is, you know, on the 14th of July, on Bastille Day, right. um, people were celebrating. They were all in, in the street, like, celebrating. This is how uh, the, this tradition of these festivities started. All the town and all all the cities in France were uh, celebrating on the 14th of July. 
everybody except the firefighters because they had to stay in the chasm just in case there would be a fire somewhere. So (laughs) they were so frustrated that they decided to stay in the chasm, but to, you know, make like to organize a little party. And this is how uh, Le Bal des Pompiers Ah. It grew bigger mm-hmm. and bigger, and then everyone decided it was a better place to be. Was it the Belle de Pompier rather than the Bastille Day, the exactly. Jour de Bastille festivities? Exactly. <laughs> so we kept the name, Le Belle de Pompier, and now, even if it's not on the 14th of July, because we've changed the dates, you know, um, each week there is um, a festivity somewhere. Mm. So you can just. <laughs> To all of them. So the last night of any of those festivals, when it's a week-long festival, the last night is always called the Belle de Pompier now. Exactly. And there ah. is a big dinner, so a big table with uh, anyone who wants to, to have dinner together. And some um, women of the town are just cooking, like a, a French meal, what it can be whatever. It can ouais. be uh, a bœuf bourguignon or uh, ouais. je sais pas, like, any any French dish ouais. and yeah, stay all together and uh, uh, have some drinks and some talks and and some dancing and just some good time, good time together. Oh, it sounds fabulous really? and loads of fun. Oui. Treasurely. <laughs> yes. You know, a lot of couples met at Le Bal des Pompiers. When we speak with our grandparents, they will say, oh, you know, I met your grandma at Le Bal des Pompiers. <laughs> I met your grandmother at the firefighters' ball. I love it. Have you seen that in a French movie? You know, we often see Le Bal des Pompiers in French movies. I'd never heard of the Belle des Pompiers before. Now, you know that on every episode of the Little Bells Francophiles, we share some French music or a French music artist. Is there something out of all of that? It could be a song from the festival that's always happens is there a song that represents summer to you is there something that you'd like to share with us i'm just thinking of a song um, that i discovered when i came back from australia so i Mm. stayed in australia for several years Mm. and then uh, i went home in summer and i just went out with my friends i think i arrived the day before my town's festivities, donc les fêtes de mon village. So I went there with all my friends mm-hmm. and my uh, brother and his friends, and we went there all together. And I heard this song that I liked a lot, and everyone could know the, the lyrics by heart, and they were all dancing and singing. Oh. I was the only one who didn't know the lyrics. So, yeah, I asked my, my brother, I think I said, what's this song? I don't know it. I like it. And he said, what? <laughs> How come you can't know this song? It's impossible. Everyone knows it. So I had to learn it. <laughs> yes, why? This song is called Emmène-moi, Take Me Away. If Francophiles get onto the Lulabelle's Francophiles website and have a look at the film clip, it will take them away to summer in France, which is it's where a lot fun. of us would like to be right now. I love that. Now, tell me also, because we always share a recipe in the Lulabelle's Francophiles podcast as you know so tell me you have the most amazing potager vegetable garden at the back of your house and in summer I imagine that you would have some great vegetables and legumes that you'd be able to bring in from there what's a great recipe that you would be cooking in your house in summer so 
at the moment, we have a lot of cherries. We have a cherry tree, uh, which is actually quite old, mm. but full of cherries this year. We're very lucky because last year, we didn't taste a, st- a single cherry oh. because they all been eaten by the birds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they were quicker than us. Mm. Yes. And also the weather was not as nice as this year. So we didn't have many cherries. But this year we have uh, like tons of cherries. We gave mm. a lot to the neighbors and to our friends. So uh, what I could share with you is maybe a recipe from my mom, which is a clafouti de cerise. <gasps> clafouti de cerise. Right? And what is that? It's a cherry cake. Oh, I think I need that. A cherry cake. <laughs> I've always made a cherry cake for my children for their birthdays, a chocolate cherry cake when they were little, but I kind of just made it up. This, when you say it in French, sounds so much more exciting. <laughs> so we will share your mum's recipe for a clafouti or cerise and I think that that might get a number of francophiles cooking at the moment. I know in Australia in winter, a lot of us are spending more time indoors and baking, especially those of us that might be in lockdown from time to time. And in other parts of the world where it's spring and they probably don't need a reason to cook, they just will bake it because it sounds fabulous. <laughs> so merci for that. Avec plaisir, Lou. Well, merci for helping us in Australia dream of summer during our winter. I loved our little papatage aujourd'hui. Merci, Lou. We will now listen to your recommendation of a song to remind us of summer. Here is Boulevard Désert with Emmenez-moi. de sable perdu dans l'océan j'ai perdu mon cartable j'ai perdu mes parents je suis comme l'eau des courants fatigué d'ignorer si je coule dans le vent si je fais que passer emmène-moi voir la mer fais-moi voir l'océan emmène-moi dans les airs aime-moi dans le vent emmène-moi voir la mer fais-moi voir l'océan Si j'ai laissé tomber 
suis comme un pile d'espoir Ce matin je renais Emmène-moi près du phare Allons jusqu'au rocher Emmène-moi par la mer Fais-moi voir l'océan Emmène-moi dans les airs Aime-moi dans le vent Emmène-moi voir la mer Fais-moi voir l'océan Emmène-moi dans les airs Aime-moi dans le vent That was Boulevard des Airs avec Omen et moi. As Sarah and I spoke about just before the song, the film clip for that one is very chilled and depicts friends at the beach. A lovely thing to think about for us here in winter. I've placed it on the Little Bells Francophiles website for anyone wishing to escape a little themselves right now. I've also placed the reset for a clafoutis de cerise. Now, this dish is from the Lamousin region in central France, where you will also find the town of Limoges. I have searched for a few recipes and found one matching that of Sarah's maman, Francoise, using the cherries from their jardin. I can't wait to cook up a storm with that one. Alors, c'est tout et c'est la fin aujourd'hui. That is all for another Little Bells Francophiles episode. If you're enjoying being transported to France through this podcast, tell your Francophile friends to join us and connect with our favourite destination, France. To be notified when new episodes are released, subscribe on your favourite podcast platform or follow Little Bells Francophiles on Insta. That's where you will also find lots of my personal French picks as well as some from our Little Bells Francophiles guests and we can all daydream of heading back to France. Au revoir mes amis, bonne journée et à bientôt.